0: Welcome, dear listeners, to a very special Halloween edition of Interviewing Aliens. I am Tiffany, a.k.a. Tiffany.
1: I am Jeff, a.k.a. Awake.
0: As the veil between our world and the next grows thin, we've opened the digital doors of our Discord server to invite our members to come and share their spine-tingling tales. From eerie encounters to ghostly whispers, tonight's episode is a compilation of the spookiest stories that have been shared with us. But these aren't just any tales. They come from you, our listeners and community members. Each story is a testament to the mysteries that lurk in the shadows, the unexplained events that leave us with more questions than answers, and the chilling moments that stay with us long after the tale is told. So turn down the lights, get cozy under a blanket, and maybe keep a flashlight handy. Join us as we journey into the unknown, where every story is a step closer to the mysteries of the universe. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. The format we've already talked about, you're just going to share a story. Um, whoever would like to go first can go ahead and unmute themselves.
2: Okay, hello. I am hello. Phoenix, aka Floral Twig, and I didn't think I had a scary story, but I've had some scary dreams. And one of them, probably the spookiest ever. Imagine you're 16. And your uh, primary care physician has put you on an antidepressant for the first time ever. And it's not one that anyone under 25 should take. So you feel really funky and weird. And it's just like a bad time. But you're smart. So you're like, I'm going to wean myself off of this, you know, as the adults would do. And you start doing that, but you still have all the crazy symptoms. like disrupted sleep and hallucinations and just all the things. Well, I made the mistake of going to see a scary movie, and it was as above, so below. Still, if I watched that, I think I'd be pretty scared. But I went to bed, or tried to, and once I finally got to bed, I had uh, my first sleep paralysis experience. There was this life-size Barbie doll that was passed down to me from older cousins and um she was not right okay she was stained and you couldn't you could not run a brush through her hair she wore um like a pink tutu like a ballerina outfit and i knew where she was she was in my mama's closet in the top of the closet so i know that but i'm laying in bed and I'm awake, but I'm not awake. And I can't move my body, but I can turn my head, I guess, because uh, Life Size Barbie, Barbara, is um, is staring at me, is standing in my room staring at me. And I'm like, that's upsetting. I don't like that at all. And um, I finally am able to look away. Because there's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't. Push the Barbie away. I can't. Uh, I mean, I, I'm paralyzed, sleep paralysis, you know, it's like in the name. So I turn my head, and at the foot of my bed, something worse, something not, uh, you know, not an actual object in my home, but this ghoulish set of twins with dark hair and pale skin, and they are crouched. At the foot of my bed, just looking at me, um, just just staring at me. I feel like I didn't do a good job of building suspense here, but I'm not much of a scary storyteller. Uh, but regardless, this was wildly upsetting. Um, I don't know how, but I finally managed to scream like in real life, and uh, my grandfather came running. Um, well, not really running, he was a little too old to run, but he came to my, to my aid and, um, I, I didn't even tell him, I didn't even tell him about it. Like, I was already feeling crazy, so I was just like, oh, I had a bad dream, can I have a Coke? (laughs) And, um, and that was it, and it's still to this day, I've had a lot of sleep paralysis experiences, but nothing... Nothing hits quite like that first one. It is so disorienting, so jarring. Um, but yeah that that's my that's my one and only contribution of the night. Wow,
0: that sounds terrifying. Absolutely
2: terrifying. Yeah, it was like super not cool.
0: Yeah, Barbara and the twins can stay far away from
2: me. (laughs) Yeah, they can. They can fuck off. Like (laughs) real.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Phoenix, for sharing that. Thank you, guys,
2: for doing this.
0: All right, next up is going to be rainbow goth guy. Okay,
2: so
3: I'm calling this "Tales from the Assisted Living." Um, so, uh, so last year. Uh, I was working as the administrator of this assisted living facility in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I, when I went in, you know, I'm having to like field complaints from all the staff, you know, all the residents, the families, everything. And I noticed there was this, like, this, like everybody was angry, like all the time, like all the, all the staff was angry about somebody and it was always somebody else's fault. You know, they, they did this and and they did that. And, um, on and on and on, like every, no one would take responsibility. No one would do anything for themselves. And, but everybody was like angry and it was always somebody else's fault. So, um, I got, You know, got reports one day uh, that this one girl um, had gotten into this argument with one of the kitchen staff, and she had said something racially disparaging about this kid. And so, of course, I have to, like, do an investigation about this, because, you know, anything like this, you got to, like, talk to everybody, whatever. So we brought in, you know, the kitchen staff that heard it and the kid that she was talking about and whatever. And we bring this girl in to talk to her about it. She's, you know, we, we tell her like, this is what this person heard you say, you know, such and such about this other kid. Um, Is that true? And she, she's like, no, it's not true. I would have never said, you know, the racially disparaging thing, but I would have said that he's a worthless piece of shit and he's terrible at his job and on. And like, and she p- popped off and went off. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. Do you see how that's problematic? <laughs> Your reaction to what we're saying. Um, and we were like, okay, well, we got to like, you know, so she left, and she was real mad about this. That we had to to talk to her. I'm working on other things in my office. Then, like it's dinner time, people are getting people ready for dinner. I come in, and somebody comes into the office. They're like so- and so is in there. she's stomping around, she's cursing in front of the residents. she's like threatening people, she's saying how terrible the place is. It's a piece of shit, blah, blah blah, like cursing in front of the thing. So I walk out there to talk to her, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" And she says, uh, she's like, "I don't know what do you what do you see i, I it look, don't don't I look perfectly calm right now I'm like." You sure do, but they just told me that you're in here cursing. So what's going on? I, you don't see me cursing, do you? I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you can't be cursing in front of the residents. You've got to calm down, whatever. So I leave the room. Five minutes later, some a different person comes in and tells me exactly the same thing. She's doing it again. She's threatening me. She's up in my face. Blah, blah, blah. I go in again. She does this thing of like, well, I'm calm now. So what does it matter? You're not seeing it directly. So it it doesn't exist outside of your, <laughs> whatever these other people say doesn't matter. Um, and then I went and it was like a third time. She did the same thing. And I said, you got to go on your break. Um, and then I, I told her to go home because I'm like, we got to like figure this out. Cause I don't, I don't, this is not a safe environment for you, whatever whatever um, early the The reason this is spooky because there was this pattern of behavior like going on and on and on through all the people like that stepped foot in the building. they stepped in there and then it was like taken over by this feeling earlier this same day that I had to talk to this girl, somebody another one of the managers. They're like, you know what's weird? Somebody, somebody, were, we were all in the dining room and we all smelled wet dog all at once out of nowhere. I was like, ugh, okay. There's something else going on here besides just this girl is um having a personality disorder. Um so had to had to like send her home. I'm like trying to shake this off. Um I get in my car. And, uh, the, the first song that's playing is a fear factory song called self immolation. Uh, so I'm about uh, burning yourself down, lighting yourself on fire. <laughs> and the song after that is a song by a metal band called prong called self righteous indignation. Um, this is very funny, like timing. So I went back, um, and like the next day I like brought salt to the place. I was like salting the exits. I was trying to like call people in and that's like, you know, to like clear this parasite out of the building. And it was it this like experience, like got me into like clearing spaces. It's why I purchased the exorcist handbook from Josephine McCarthy. Um, and got me figuring out how to like tune this weird place that I worked um, to keep like weird entities from coming in because it's just such a strange like transit portal place. People dying all the time, coming in and out, all kinds of mental illness and dementia. Um, I don't know if I I don't know if I did it because it was still a very strange place when I left, but that's my my terrifying tale from about energetic parasites and the assisted living.
0: (laughs) Well, it's crazy to think about how like, I don't know, rogue spirits or rogue entities or whatever could take over a place like that. You think about it, like so many people are like not in their correct mental space that they're just really susceptible to those energies. And for those who are listening, who don't know, Raybo goth guy is our local death worker here. So um this is something that he now does, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, much better at clearing, much better at uh kind of recognizing
3: when this stuff is happening before it gets gets out of hand.
0: Yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, thanks for sharing. All right. Does anybody else have a story?
4: I do have a a small one. I have a quick story. Um this this story takes place in a yeah, a time before I have real memory, I suppose. But so a lot of this is just uh, context that was provided by my family members. But um, when I was, we're in, uh, we're in 2002, it's like November. Um, and my, I'm like two years old. And my parents are having a second child. And um this child is born with like a blood disease. So she only lives for like three two or three days um before she dies of of this blood disease that she was born with. Um and so you know, this is before so I'm like two and a half years old or whatever, so I don't really like understand what's happening. And how this whole experience, like, affected me is, like, a whole other story, you know, for, like, another day. But, like, she died, and then um, my parents were obviously very distraught, but they had me, so, like, they did everything they could to just keep the crying, like, away, the crying and the upsetness, like, kind of away from me, like, in closed doors, and, like tried to, like, m- kind of minimize how much, like, it might affect me and my- how much I might blame myself or whatever for, like, their grief and everything. So, um, but one night, uh, so my mom didn't, like, make any mention, really, of any of their plans or anything like that. So, but what? but one night, it's the night before... Uh, this child, Grace, her this baby child is going to be cremated. And the night before, my mom is just, you know, in a room like with a sh- with a closed door and she's kind of quietly weeping. And I guess I just like came in there and came up to her and said, Grace is going into the fire tomorrow. I was like a two and a half year old child and she was like completely stunned because there was no way that I would have really known about the cremation uh, or understood what that meant but somehow I knew well. um, and that's pretty much the story like my she has other tales about like Me talking about talking about angels and stuff like that, and like other eerie experiences, but that's the main one that's always stuck with me. That for some reason, as an infant, I just like understood that there was gonna be a corpse going into the fire the next day. Um, I don't understand what that's about, but if I was my mom, I would have been pretty creeped out by that to be honest
0: yeah early on page premonitions here
4: (laughs) grace is going into the fair tomorrow Whoa! happy halloween yeah we have like my friends and i have stayed at like a haunted hotel and talked to a ghost that was living in in the like in the hotel there with a pendulum and everything, but to be honest, I just don't remember it super well. It was like a several years ago, so I don't really have a great story about that, but it's definitely uh, pretty much everybody I know has a ghost story, so I bet there's hoping for other people who would be much obliged sure. to tell a ghost tale tonight. I want to hear some more ghost stories, guys.
1: I've got a ghost story for you. And some of you know already know this, but uh I lived in a haunted house in Crown Point, Indiana at uh one point in life. And um my roommate and I started just just like from the very beginning started noticing things. Um like just sounds, it sounded like walking, like our cabinet doors would open, our our animals would act strange and we just kind of like blew it off. We didn't really, you know, think much about it. And um, like the more that we, the more that we ignored it, the more like intense things got. Um, And like, I can really remember it taking off one night. We were, it was, I think it was Halloween uh, night. Uh, We had people over and, you know, it, we were telling ghost stories and like we kept hearing all these noises and you know scaring each other and you know whatever the, the liquor was flowing and um shortly thereafter we w- w- you know I thought we were both home and I got in bed because I had to work in the morning and our garage door goes up in the middle of the night and my roommate and I like we were just separated by one wall our heads are on each side of the wall so like I'd knocked on the wall I was like are you home like what the hell? and we open the door we turn the lights on and all the lights on all the lights in the house go off and like we just like panic freak out like whatever like well it's just super weird and um so like the next night we were both dating and like we had our our significant others over whatever and we were like all sitting in my bed and um just like talking about it and talking about like all the weird stuff that was going on and like how the, the cats at nighttime would just fucking lose their shit. Like they would just be screaming all night. There'd be like big clumps of fur everywhere. You know, um, I don't know. It's just really strange. And uh, as we're like talking about it, we all notice like the temperature in the room gets really cold and we're like, Oh, whatever. It's fine. So we like got under my covers and then like, we're talking about it more and what we should do. And then like the guy I was dating, he like jumps out of bed and he's like, what the fuck, what the hell? Oh my God. And like throws the sheets off of him and like pulls his pants down. And there's this big giant scratch down his leg, just this huge scratch. And they, you know, obviously they didn't go over well. And they, he was like, I'm not staying here tonight. And I was like, okay, you know, it's fine. See, whatever, you know, completely freaked out. Everybody was. And like my roommate left with her her boyfriend, and uh, so it was just me, and I had to work in the morning, so I like didn't have to, like just I was just like whatever. I just like shut and locked my door and um like put a towel underneath my door because the cats would scream, and I didn't want to hear that and whatever. And I wake up at like I don't know three three in the morning, three or four in the morning, and my door's wide open, the cats are like like pawing at my face, they're both on my bed. And I, like, can't move. And I'm, like, what the hell? And I'm, like, trying to look around. And I can see, like, the lights from my, like, cable box and my fan. And, like, it looks like something walks in front of it. Like, like, something, like, walked in front of it. Like, the, the lights kind of went off or whatever. And then they just completely turn off. And I'm, like, from the bottom of my bed, this, like, energy comes from my toes and goes over the top of my head, like, through the wall. And everything turns back on. and I was like, oh, "Okay. What the fuck is this?" Of course I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I, just got, I got up early and went to work. And I'm like talking to people at work and these like these Hispanic women are like, "We're going to come over. We're going to like bring holy water, do the whole thing." They came over. They like walked around the house a couple times and they were like, "You need to get out of here." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." I mean, like, yeah, I didn't really take anything seriously back then. I I mean, whatever. And I get a call at work from my neighbor saying there's water coming through their walls and like i get home and there's three feet of like water and sewage in my basement where the animals are kept and vinny's just like floating in his cage like it was an absolute nightmare like i felt like it was attacking the animals tried to kill them like we yeah we got out of there as quickly as possible we actually had an attorney friend write our landlord a letter and like we used, they didn't want to like replace the drywall and do everything. So we just said that it was like they were trying to create unsafe living conditions. And he just wrote a letter, like a nice th- little threatening letter to get us out of that lease. But we got the hell out of there like within days. It was, it was crazy.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yep. Haunted houses.
0: Yeah, well, you your current house is haunted, Tiff.
1: Yeah, it is, but it's a, like a, it's a nice ghost, I think. It's a cleaning ghost, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, except
0: for when it's starting random fires.
1: Yep, it, that happened. I don't know if that was the ghost or if that was like some spirit message, but yeah, there there was a time uh during some really dark days in, you know, dark days in life that... uh I was my friend came over to check on me and she came in and of course the house is all pitch black and because I've been in bed all day and she comes in my room and we hear some like weird noises and we go out in the living room and there's just a full blown fire in my fireplace for there was no fire in it prior to there was no reason for the fire to be there it was yeah that happened that also happened yeah
5: crazy
1: <laughs> yeah we do have like a haunted roomba um and, you know, my, they, they I feel like that, that ghost is nice because it like will wake me up when my I forget to set my alarm. <laughs> but yeah, that's my haunted, my haunted speaker story, one of them.
0: Right on. Well, I'll tell a quick story about my first supernatural encounter. Um, my family and I had taken a trip up to the Lake Michigan dunes in Indiana, and we did this every year. And we stopped for the night at a Motel 8. And to this day, I will not stay at Motel 8's. Um, and we were staying on, like, the third floor. and It was, like, kind of a U-shaped building. Uh, and, like, if you looked out of the window, you could see, like, the mezzanine and uh, the rooms on the other side of the building. And, like, the lobby in the middle. I guess it wasn't, it was a motel, so it was all outdoors, but... Um, I remember I don't know if we were just broke or what, but we stayed in like a room that had like just one bed in it. So my sister and I were sleeping on the floor, and it was pretty late. Everybody was asleep, and I'd woken up and I saw like some weird lights outside. Um, and like I'm laying on the floor, I can see underneath the like blackout curtain that was drawn, um, like because the it was like a full wall window. Uh, and like, so I'm laying there on my pillow on my side and looking out this, this small little crack and across the way I can see something that looks like it's like flying or hovering, um, at another window across the way. Uh, and like, I try and wake my sister up, uh, and I'm like, sis, wait, wake up. What's going on? Uh, and I look out and all of a sudden it turns and it looks towards me. And it, like, flies towards our window, like, really quickly. And then just buzzes off straight up into the sky. Um, I don't know if it was, like, a fairy or an alien. My parents tried to tell me it was a, like, a window washer. Uh, (laughs) But, like, I don't know why there'd be a window washer at 3 a.m., you know? Um, But, yeah, that was my first encounter there.
1: Yikes. A window washer. That's great.
0: Yeah, the the dastardly three AM window washer. Okay, who else has a story?
5: I'll go next. Um, So um, I currently don't live with my mom, but I did live with my mom for about like almost four years, and um, it's it's a it's like pretty good sized one bedroom apartment. But I remember before I had moved in with my mom, um, she used to tell me about this, like so, so let me kind of lay out where like how the apartment is. So in the kitchen to if you're like standing in front of the stove and you're cooking something, to the right is the hallway. And um you and the hallway goes into like the bathroom and the one bedroom, right? Um, so she would tell me sometimes she would see, like, out of the corner of her eye when she was cooking, she would see, like, a man in, like, a white t-shirt, like, standing there. Um, and then when I moved, um, back here to California, um, she, like, for whatever reason, she completely, like, did not see this, this, like, spirit or, like, this ghost. And, um when i was living there i used to i used to like sleep i would sleep in the living room and there were many times where i would just be like laying there and like getting ready to go to sleep and then kind of like out of nowhere i would hear and he would say it exactly like this i would hear hello and i would i would trip out i'd be like oh my gosh like like i felt like his name was tom I'm not sure really much more information about him. But I used to be like, Tom, like, leave me alone. Like, I'm trying to go to sleep. Um, and so when I was living with her for the longest time, I used to tell my mom, hey, like, you know, Tom is, like, for sure real. And, like, Tom is kind of like, you know, he kind of, like, messes with me sometimes when I try to go to sleep. And she she used to tell me, like, um, you know, I don't – I don't, I don't know about Tom. You know, I think you're just like imagining things until one night she was, uh, she was sleeping on the couch. I don't remember why or where I was at, but she said she was sleeping on the couch in the living room. And um, it was when we just got our puppy Lola, she was, she was still really small um, where she would like sleep at our head. And so she said that while she was sleeping on the couch or trying to go to sleep, um Lola started growling and her her like hackles went up like her fur just shot straight up and you know she tried to make herself look really big and she was growling and my mom turned to look at what Lola was growling at and she said she saw this like like this orb of light like kind of just like floating in circles in like the corner of the living room and so she she grabbed Lola and she just kind of you know held held Lola and just kind of looked at it like, you know, what the heck is that? (laughs) Um, And uh, so Tom is not just, um, he doesn't like to just stay in my mom's apartment. Um, Our next door neighbor, um, she's really, she's a really nice lady. Um, She's very like into um, like spiritual stuff like this as well. Um, She's talked about Tom kind of like crossing over into her apartment complex a couple times And, um, he kind of like messes with her and messes with her sister who comes to visit sometimes. And she said that one time, um, her and her sister were, were talking in like the kitchen or something like that. And suddenly, um, Tom like pulled her sister's hair. Um, and our neighbor, I can't remember what other instances my neighbor has talked about seeing Tom and like how Tom is kind of like, you know, messed with her. Um, But, um, yeah, Tom, uh, I don't know what he has, you know, um, I I don't know if he's really, like, a, a good ghost or, or a bad ghost. Um, maybe he's just, like, a little mischievous. Um, there's been a couple times when I lived there, too, like, I would be in the shower, and I'm, like, I'm thoroughly convinced that, that he, like, died in the bathroom or something because, there were so many times when I would be in the shower and I would hear like I would hear like screaming and hear like, you know, it, it's like an it's like an agonized, like in pain scream. And I would literally have to like stop the shower and be like, hello, like, <laughs> um, is anybody home? Or like I would sit there and, and like try to listen and, and see. And um, it would like almost immediately stop after I turn the shower off. Um, so. Yeah, that is my scary story about Tom, the ghost who um, inhabits the apartment, uh, my mom's apartment, and my mom's neighbor's apartment.
0: Wow. Tom sounds like a, a rascal.
1: Animals always know, though. They always they know.
0: They for sure, yeah. We were talking um, earlier about the, well, yeah. I mentioned earlier the idea that the veil is thinning. Um. I feel like that's happening more and more. There, in the other Discord, the AOD Discord, Bianca posted a story about seeing a car like clipping through the ground. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. But the last few times I've been driving from Birmingham, where I am now, to either Atlanta or Knoxville, <clears throat> I keep having situations where cars appear like they're approaching to pass me. And then I'll, like, turn and look, and there's just no car there.
1: I have gotten that, like, three times this week.
0: Yeah, it it happens a lot. And, like, I get that anxiety that I feel when I know someone's trying to pass
1: me. Same exact thing.
0: Yeah, and then it's just not there. It's so weird. I don't know. I think...
6: That actually happened to me today.
0: Crazy. What about about... you, Elia? You got a scary story for us?
6: Mm, Well, I think... Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. Um I have some family friends from uh Bedford, Indiana and we like have we lived there when I was younger and when I was in high school we went to visit this family for spring break and they lived in this old house it was super pretty and but they said that it was haunted and I thought that they were just like messing with me and we were staying like in this room upstairs and so here I am like I guess I was taking a shower or something and then the lights like flickered and I just thought someone was messing with me and then like the next day I was in the bathroom again and all of a sudden like the there was like a radio that was sitting like on the countertop and it just turns on it was like kind of loud and um yeah, I was definitely, like, creeped out. <laughs> spoofs. those But it was, like, really just, like, it was very playful. Like, I didn't feel, like, scared or anything. It wasn't, like, a scary energy. It was just, like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> and it, at first I thought, you know, someone was messing with me. But
0: I think it was a ghost. Somebody was messing with you.
1: You just made me remember a whole thing. So, I <laughs> yeah. knew- because I, I forgot Indiana. about that. <laughs> I, too, grew up in Bedford, Indiana. My family's from Bedford. Love that. <laughs> and uh, my grandma lived across the street from a cemetery. So I was always, like, riding my bike or, like, taking the dog for a walk or just over in the cemetery because I didn't know what the fuck the cemetery was. It just was a place that I spent a lot of time. And, like, over and over again, my... I. I would come back and my grandma would be like, who are you talking to? I'm like, Oh, there was just a really nice lady. She, you know, like my bike or whatever. And they like, she would look at my grandpa and it took me like years to figure out that I wasn't talking to anyone. Like I was talking to people that weren't there.
0: What? Like lots of people
1: like often, like, almost, like about every time I went over there. That's crazy.
5: My grandparents,
1: my grandparents would always like, they i think that they i don't know they they never like wanted to scare me but they would always get they would always give each other this look when i'm like there was this little boy and, da, 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 da. and wow just look at each other and it took me years to realize i like asked my mom about it she was like oh we just assumed that you were just like making imaginary friends I'm like mm. mm
6: i had a lot of imaginary friends i actually lived like behind that cemetery but on the other side of the railroad tracks
2: mm-hmm.
6: um and I had hella imaginary friends. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that story. Who is next? Rick, it sounds like you got a story.
7: Okay. Only because uh, Jonathan reminded me. Great. <laughs> okay. Jonathan, you got to help me out with this though, because, because there's two sides to this story. That's pretty fascinating. Um, and he's part of it is the weird part. So
6: mm-hmm.
7: uh, you know, I'm single and I'm meeting women and staying over their houses and things, as single people do, or at least like newly single people do. Uh and this girl is pretty woo, um, in the sense of like she's just, you know, tarot, spirits, all that kind of stuff. And um, she invites me over to her house because so she's in the middle of a divorce and she's staying at her parents' house, which is a really nice house uh, in Richmond. And her parents were out of town, so it felt very much like uh, early college type thing. She's like, "Let's come to my house. We'll drink the really nice liquor and play pool and like all that stuff." So, I was like, cool, I'll bring my sound bath stuff over there, and we'll do a sound bath uh, before we go to bed. And I'm a little bit weird. I'm weirded out by it because it's just like, it's a random, it really is kind of a random person's house. Like, I know her from a few years ago in a different context, but i would never been to her parents' house, you know? So, for me, it's still kind of weird to be like, I'm going to stay over every night in this house. And... We started having a we just like have a great time hanging out. Um and then right before the sound bath starts, as I'm setting things up, she's like, Oh, I just want to let you know, like, I have seen some spirits in this house before. And uh I don't know what they mean. I'm not really sure what they're here for, but they don't they seem to like be around this house a lot. And then she told me the story when she was younger, uh, like in her early teens, um, she was in her bedroom. She woke up at night, and this woman was walking down the hall and, like, crossed over her, like, crossed, you know, across her door from the hallway and stopped and looked at her. And she was, like, this really beautiful, like, glowing, radiant blonde woman in this kind of blue, like, blue suit, like a space suit, you know? And she looked just, the girl, the woman just, like, stops in the hallway and looks over at the girl and, uh smiles at her, like, in this really beautiful way, and she's, like, like literally glowing, you know. Um, and then just walks down the hallway and disappears, right? And that was when she was young. And so I pull up these pictures of Pleiadians, and she's like, yeah, that's basically what it looks like. Like, that was what she looked like. Um, and so I'm thoroughly freaked out at this point because I'm in this person's house, and I don't know enough about protecting myself, spiritually and <clears throat> um and but I'm doing the sound bath I'm like get ready to do the sound bath I'm like okay cool like she didn't tell me that story right then that was earlier but then she kind of like right before I started she mentioned how there's just like this weird spiritual energy in this house and she doesn't know what to do about it so I'm sitting there <clears throat> in my sound bath basically like <laughs> consistently creating this etheric egg of protection around the house with the sounds that I create. Um, not that I know if that's even working or whatever. Like I'm just that's what I'm, that's what I'm furiously doing while I'm doing the sound bath. And uh, and I kept saying to myself, "I'm going to have a really amazing, very deep, relaxing sleep." Like not like an intention before I go to bed. It's going to be a super easy, no stress. Nothing's going to happen tonight. I'm going to sleep really deeply, and it's going to be great. Uh, And then, like, fast forward to the night, we go to bed, and I just toss and turn all night. And, like, I don't think I get any sleep. I can't remember anything that I – I don't remember – I remember sleeping for, like, a little bit, basically. And it was super uncomfortable, and I felt like I was just awake all night, uncomfortable. In the morning, though, she was like, like, yeah, you – you were snoring like this kind of dead cat most of the time. And like, I heard you tossing and turning, but like you were snoring in this way that like, I don't have heard anyone snore before and I couldn't sleep because of it. And I was like, that's weird because I don't remember sleeping at all all night. And so needless to say, like whatever my intention was didn't happen. Um, and I wonder if the egg also happened. <coughs> Cause I kept saying like, Protected spiritually all night with this etheric egg that I'm contributing to with the light that I create. That was part of my kind of uh, consistent intention. Um, And then uh, the next day, I'm going to pass this to Jonathan. Basically, the the next evening, he... Jonathan just texts me randomly. He's like, hey, man, are you okay? Like, have you... I just want to shake it on you. Are, you. are you doing okay? And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. But yes, I I'm fine, thank you. And then we talk on the phone, and then and then I'm gonna send let him do the do his side. Okay, you go. <laughs> yeah, so
3: the night before I I messaged him, um I was just sleeping normally I would, I like three separate occasions throughout the night, like way early in the morning. I woke like stark up, like out of my bed. Like I need, there's someone here. I need to find them. Where are they? He's supposed to be here. Where is he? That was like my, like Mm -hmm. with a purpose, like, but still half asleep, like this very strange, like, I was like, where is he? He's supposed to be here, and I'm looking around my apartment, my very small apartment, and and then the being like, what is going on? What's going on? And then like, happened again, happened again. Just st- like never before have I had this level of like, I have these kind of like half sleep, half awake dreams a lot that are I'm like, kind of learning. I think spirits are kind of hanging around me. Um, But this was, it was so clear of like, he's here. I need, where did he go? I need to find him. And at one point I got the, I was like, I think it's Rick. Why is it Rick? Why is Rick like hanging? (laughs) Why is he in my apartment? So I like, the next day I was like, I should just check on him. That was so, it was so specific and so strong. I'm like, just like, "What's, what's going on, man? How are you doing? And then he tells me this tale of like, he, you know, he's like sending out this call for the, for spiritual protection. And somehow it got to me in Oregon. And, uh, so I don't know if I did anything to like protect him from whatever was in that house, but, uh, the call came through, but I don't know if it was to the,
7: the appropriate person. Cause like, I love it. Cause the, the, what you said to me was the call was coming from inside the egg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah amazing <laughs> does anyone else have a story
1: I have like a really short one okay and i think calissa reminded me of this the other day like when i was a kid i had a sleepover and we were all like just goofing off in my living room and like telling spooky stories trying to freak each other out kind of thing you know and this big, like, the whole room, the whole room, like, lights up with this, like, bright, bright light. And then we wake up the next morning having no recollection of, like, how we got to bed. Like, as my light, my lights are flickering right now as we are talking. Um, and <laughs> no recollection of how we went to bed. Because we hadn't made our beds or done any of that stuff yet. We were still just scooping off. We all woke up, like, in our beds, in our pajamas, like... With no recollection of the rest of the night. How the rest of the night went. So I don't know what happened that night or why. But there was like five girls that I grew up with. That we all like. Just I don't know. It was really really strange. So whatever that was. Wow. You got
4: abducted my friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. I'm a little bit curious. Um, have any of you had experiences with, like, um, I've seen a few times, uh, when certain people who are, like, you know, possessed by chaotic energies or, or they're carrying something dark with them, um, and if they, like, get inebriated or they're really tired, um, like, like people get black eyes like their eyes turn all black mm. because ever had experiences with with that that sort of like it, in my experience it's like it's most likely to happen when somebody gets like really drunk um it, yeah, my or, or something. For six years. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they get to this point where like their their like regular persona like slips out of their body mm-hmm. and then they just like their eyes turn like way bigger and blacker. Mm-hmm. And then they're well not that their eyes get bigger, but their the the black part just consumes like the iris is like turns the eye black. And then they just start to act fucking demonic, basically. Not like exorcist demonic, like scary movie demonic, but the when almost like an uncanny valley feeling when somebody is like, somebody's energy just feels way off, dude. And it feels like they, they're they like a darkness has entered the room with, within them, you know? Um,. I've seen that happen quite a few times and I'm like is that is this like do other people notice this is this like is you know if you consider um, demonic possession right it's like you can go with the, the the media whatever you know something might come to mind but in in my experience, like, these demons that people talk about, they're, like, kind of energies that are, like, living off of you and around you in a parasitic way, like, feeding off your energy, right? But, like, they do have, like, a degree of consciousness, it seems. Um, but it's, like like, to me, it seems that sometimes when people are carrying these sorts of energies and they don't know it when they kind of like slip out of their ego and like lose control, like, like those energies kind of rise up and start just driving the body. Um, So I was kind of curious if anybody just had any experiences with that sort of stuff.
0: I've never had experience with the black eyes, but I've definitely had calling it an opportunity is weird, but I'll still say it. I've had the opportunity to sit with some people who, were definitely not themselves and had the opportunity to like talk them down from making like really rash like dangerous decisions. And I can definitely understand that feeling of the like they just seem possessed. They're not like wild, but they're unhinged, I guess I'd say. For sure.
4: For sure. Like and and it's um it's always, it, here's the thing with, like, spooky stories, paranormal stories, ghost stories, and stuff, like, or even when you get to stuff like the Skinwalker shit or whatever, like, when, some, when, when you're having, like, a paranormal experience, it's, like, such a visceral experience, and you have this, like, extreme survival instinct kick in. That you probably don't even otherwise know exists, where it's like you are in extreme danger, right? Or like there is something very, very wrong here. And, you know, sometimes it's like if you're spotting something in the woods or something, or if you're in a haunted house and you see a ghost or you hear noises, like you can trace where that's coming from. But a lot of the time, if you're like around people and somebody, like a living person, in the room kind of slips into a more like like demonic type state for lack of a better word like you just like feel like this sense of unease and like something's so fucking wrong right now but you don't know exactly where it's coming from depending on you know what the context looks like so but but i guess there's just something to be said about um that feeling that you get when something's not right. And this is sort of, I guess, a way to just try to understand that. But um, it's been a real, very real experience for me. And I wonder how common it is because I know in my experience, I've seen people become pretty demonic. Like when they've drank alcohol, like, and that's not oh, the yeah. only context, but that's a big context of it. And, and I know that alcohol is, like, super popular around the world. So I'm like, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be other people talking about this, but I
1: just haven't really seen it much. I knew someone that had a sleep paralysis, like, all the time. It was just, like, on the regular thing. They were also, like, drank a lot, had a lot of, you know, personality issues kind of thing but i would watch them especially if they were drinking like their whole like their body language would change their face would change their eyes would change it was like oh i'm in danger like just like you said i need i need to get out and get away from this like you know it was very intense experience they had also like had multiple experiences paranormal experiences their entire life like you know, we kind of followed them from house to house and from place to place. But yeah,
0: I've always associated those kind of feelings with just being like really highly empathetic. But I mean, maybe there's something more to it there. Like, I, I've always felt like I've been pretty good at reading people's vibes, and I can definitely tell when a vibe changes.
4: i get to be like like in the animes or whatever when there's like when they when like this ghost hunter person no i don't want to be a ghost hunter per se but i would love to be the kind of energy worker where like you know you walk into a public place and there's like a person that just has something like perched on their shoulder or whatever um just something that is you know obviously invisible to them but but there's some kind of energetic parasite um kind of feeding off of them, and then you can go and, and I mean obviously there's some level there's some like balance and artful balance to like consent in this sort of thing, but like you know you can just go out and sense and trace these energies and these spirits that might be like attached to these people and then like clear it off of them um and i think that would just like it it might sound kind of sci-fi but like i feel like that would just come with a level of like honing your skills for perception and and obviously like energy work and spiritual spiritual labors of expelling spirits properly and stuff because that's not something to like Throw around too lightly, but it'd be so cool to just go around like knocking knocking spirits out of people who like don't realize why they feel so
1: drained, you know? If you're looking for clearing services, please see our in house <laughs> <laughs> shaman, Pete Martochi, the blue collar spiritualist.
0: <laughs> Paige, you should just go to like a rave or a concert of some kind and just try and clear as much of the bad juju as you can. That just seems like it'd be fun practice.
4: <laughs> oh, in my experience music festivals don't even need it. Like True. They're just doing great. Like I mean definitely there are people who would still need that. But I mean I'm thinking like just out in public. Like the the visual I always get from I don't even know which anime but like it's like just like a cashier at some like regular store and then you know he walks up and it's just on their shoulder and it's like is this bothering you like how's your neck feel like and they're like oh it's been really hurting lately like and then then he just like gets it off of them and i'm like that seems actually realistic like i could see us doing that like being able to being just like energetically literate to the point where we can detect like energy work that needs to be done and i guess speaking of music festival sorry to jump in on your podcast but like i have had experiences at a music festival where it was like really late like two three a.m sets and i've been dancing for hours and tripping and stuff and then my neck and shoulders are just starting to feel really, really sore in like a specific spot. And I'm not making any movements to, I'm just dancing. Like, I'm like, it hurts, but it's okay. It's not like crippling me. And then this girl, this random stranger comes up from behind me. And she starts massaging me in like the specific spots where it's sore just a complete stranger and I was like I had my mind blown I turned around to her after she was like done and I was like how did you know (laughs) like and she was like she was like I'm just really I think she said I'm just really intuitive with my hands and that has really stuck with me because like you know everybody has their little strengths but we can tune like these little aspects of our experience into like well trained muscles and you know and i'm sure in her case i would wager that she just started doing what her hands felt like doing more right like just like trusting trusting in that those impulses to do these things and then discovered that there's a lot of wisdom in it like we all have ways of doing that where we can go around and just like be healing and helping people as part of our everyday life And I think that's really needed in a time like this, where it's like, there's so much chaos and, and people feeling lost and carrying a lot of weight around with them, you know, like we can find our little ways to, to just kind of like, like help, help each other out. Page you were talking about, like, seeing spirit and stuff like that, like, spirit, like,
8: attached to people and, you know, whatever, and I don't have any personal experience with that, but I have a really good friend who does see stuff like that, and it, like, was really, like, a crippling part of her life for, like, many, many, many years, and she just, like, recently, like, in, I don't know, the beginning of this year, like, <clears throat> opened up for, like, help dealing with it. And, like, you know, she always kind of, like, hinted at it, but, like, never really, like, came forward. (laughs) And then when she finally, like, talked about it, she said, like, every night, like, she would get visited by this, like, scary man. And it would, like, sit on her bed and, like, warn her about all this, like, crazy shit that was going to happen to her. And, like, it was just, like, freaky. And, like, she couldn't, like, figure out who it was. And then she'd be, like, walking around in her daily life and she would see spirits. And she always pushed it down cause she would say stuff when she was little and her family was like super religious and they had her exercised like twice and like, you know, just denied and like, just called in like the church and like whatever, and just denied everything. So she really, it wasn't like something that she was like taught to like deal with or, you know, whatever. So she like was talking to me and Pete one night about it. And Pete was like, he was like, I feel like the person like with you, but it doesn't feel scary. So like they're talking it through and like whatever. And the and Pete's like, the guy is like showing me himself as like somebody like a family member of yours. And he's like describing it. And she's like, I think you're talking about like my uncle. And then she's like, Oh my God, it is my uncle. She like remembered that. He he would wear this like specific like a Hawaiian shirt like something like very specific, and she's like he always is wearing that. But he's so scary looking. Like I never connected the dots. And Pete's like, okay, just like ask him that, tell him you're he's scaring you, and to like chill out and like give himself like a different form because it's like not it's it's not working for you. So she said she worked with him and now he like doesn't come as often but when he does come he looks like a horse <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah it, because I think the guy like had horses or was like somehow like connected to horses that she remembered like she only met this guy like a few times in her life but like knew him enough and he's somebody like in her family. I forget like who he is exactly mom's side dad's side I don't remember but she said um now he has like a horse head <laughs> but she said it's like not as scary like she can actually like deal with it and like he still like talks to her and stuff but like she can like hear the message and um she's doing a lot of like work on it to like set boundaries with like the spirits cuz she said she'll just be like she likes to walk like she'll go on walks in like the neighborhood and like she'll see somebody from in the distance. And then as they get closer, she's like, Oh, it's like not actually a person. That's like a spirit. And then they like, will talk to her and like try to tell her things and like whatever. And she like freaks out, but now she kind of like, I don't know. I think she's like doing better with it. Um, but like we were talking about alcohol before she was going through a really, really tough like time. And she was just self-medicating with alcohol all the time because when she would be like drunk they wouldn't come to her so like that's how she was like dealing with it this is like before she really like opened up and we were just like she's got a problem like something's going on here uh-huh. and then she was like that's like this is kind of like why i'm drinking so much cuz like then they don't bother me like it doesn't happen like nothing happens like when i'm like drunk so it was like i can't imagine having to like not have the support, you know, like live mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and not have anybody be able to like understand, you know, and then you have to deal with even if like, you, okay, now you're an adult and it's like, okay, I have friends or whatever that like understand, like, you still have all of your, your childhood, like programming that you have to like break through just, to, just to even live. Cause I'm like, you could do this, like you could do media, like you could do it. And she's just like, can't even like comprehend because she just can't get out of her own like head of, you know, like just how it was handled when she was being raised. Yeah, it's wild. The horse?
0: Did it look like an actual horse head, or was it like one of those funny horse head masks?
8: I think it <laughs> looks. She says <laughs> she's like you get into the funny horse
0: head mask. Ghost.
8: <laughs> she says it looks like a real horse.
0: Oh, that's like, horse. terrifying.
8: Yeah, but like those for eyes. Reason, no, thank no thanks. I know. But, you know, I I think spirit comes to you in in all different ways. And it's like, for her, that's like, fine. Like, it's like, kind of like how she like, relates to the dude. And she was just like, okay, like, I can handle this more than like, this like, terrifying, like, face. You know?
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think we'll go ahead and end the episode here. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us to tell your stories. And thank you to everybody who's out there listening. We'll catch you for the next episode. Love you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that in the episode.